Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, a supply chain blowout at GSA may just be getting started. The supply chain is still a huge problem. Uh, We're seeing that OMB is still issuing guidance on things like the secure software development framework, really trying to keep this at the forefront of agencies' minds. And the Justice Department's next big step in the cloud. Maximize efficiency. I I think where the cloud can help, it can also hurt um, in the sense of If you're not efficient with what you're currently working with, um, you can definitely take on more technical debt. It's Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Here's what's happening now. Fixing the Defense Department's software problem will be one of the key jobs of the new Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office at the Pentagon, according to the former chair of the National Security Commission on AI. Eric Schmidt says winning future wars depends on solving that problem. Schmidt's the former CEO of Google. He spoke at the DOD Digital and AI Symposium Tuesday with the new DOD CDAO, Craig Martell. The Biden administration will look for a new nominee to become the administrator of federal procurement policy. The White House has withdrawn the nomination of Biniam Gebre. The administration submitted his nomination last August. You can read more about these headlines and lots of other news at fedscoop.com. The connection between identity management and cyber will be in focus at the OctaGov Identity Summit 2022. Government and industry leaders will be at the conference at the Ritz-Carlton in Pentagon City, June 23rd. You can find a link to learn more and sign up in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. More than 75,000 items are gone from the General Services Administration's online shopping system. Dave Nitschapier is reporter for FedScoop, writing about it at fedscoop.com. Dave, why are these items gone and where did they go? So basically, GSA is creating a new sort of process for supply chain security where they're using data from from a a new system that they have or new-ish system that they have, the VVP, to, to... find unauthorized vendors who are putting stuff on GSA Advantage and to remove them as soon as they find them. How is it using this data? And is this data it had before or and, and just hasn't used until now? They're trying this out. How What's what's behind it? Yeah, so the system was stood up in 2018 uh, to collect data that GSA had but wasn't really making actionable data provided by vendors. Um, that that allows them to verify the credibility of the supply chain uh, for for cloud products for services and once they can vet that these are in fact legitimate items then they can now use the system data to actually flag and remove them from GSA event all right you write in this story at fedscoop.com VP, VPP verified products portal launched in 2020 and GSA now making actionable uh, this uh, all of this data with government continuing to implement security measures in last year's supply chain executive order. What's the connection to that EO here? Um, Well, basically, obviously, agencies are in the process of implementing this executive order, but the supply chain is still a huge problem. Uh, We're seeing that OMB is still issuing guidance on things like the secure software development framework, really trying to keep this at the forefront of agencies' minds as they try and hold vendors a little bit more accountable for the products that they're selling government 
uh, and just ensuring that this supply chain from top to bottom is as secure as it can possibly be. So when I read your first, the first sentence of this story, GSA testing a new supply chain monitoring process to remove 75,000 products, it sounds like it's not going to stop there. Yeah, this is definitely a pilot. This is the first phase. I imagine that they'll be trying to pull more data from more sources over time. Uh, there's also the effort by OMB to issue guidance where agencies will be seeking artifacts from uh, cloud service providers and other software providers to really verify that this software is, in fact, uh, legitimate. You've got another story on fedscoop.com I want to ask you about while you're here. The Energy Department is undertaking 24 problems it's going to try to solve with what is called now the most powerful supercomputer in the world. What's the story behind that, Dave? Uh, DOE has been spearheading three exascale computing systems. Frontier is the first to go online. That's going to belong to Oak Ridge National Laboratory. But the exascale computing project is a side project of DOEs that will work with the national laboratories that own these computers to place its own applications on uh, their system. Uh, they, they've started that in January. Uh, it wasn't. It was. It was a soft rollout. But these twenty-four applications are are problems across government, not just specific to DOE, but other agencies like the Department of Defense. All right. You write um, the uh, Department of Energy's computer uh, frontier processes at a speed of 1880 petaflops. Give me some kind of context as to what that means. Um, uh, honestly, it's tricky. Petaflops are uh, just kind of like the latest, greatest form of speed measurement uh, that we're, we're looking at here. Uh, but, but the idea is that you have clusters of nodes. Nodes are uh, individual computer systems uh, that, that are brought into clusters that process at a faster speed, the, these, these petaflops. And the more clusters you have applied to a problem, the faster those computer systems are going to be able to work together to solve uh, the problems being presented. Got it. And uh, you said this is going to happen. You write in the story, this is going to happen over 18 months. Yes. Uh, it, so we saw in January uh, that they they basically put a few applications on the Frontier system to test that everything was in working order to make sure things were working properly. But now you're going to start to see other problems looking at things like the, the origin of elements in the universe. Uh, NIH is going to be working uh, with uh, the Department of Energy on Frontier to solve problems around the, the cancer moonshot that uh, obviously is near and dear to the president's heart. So yeah, we're going to see a wide range of problems come come online uh, through applications in the coming months uh, on the system. All right. Uh, speaking of wide range of problems, you are known here in the office as the resident Rangers fan. What is the what are the wide range of problems that the New York Rangers need to address now that they've lost momentum in the series against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, uh, I think that going home will will solve a lot of those problems. I just think, uh, honestly, we're better when we're playing from behind, if anything. Uh, we saw that in the first two series against the Penguins and the Hurricanes. So, honestly, this is this is all all things go for the Rangers at this point. Shesterkin's going to be lights out, I think, in the Garden uh, at the next game on tomorrow night. We shall see. Thank you very much, as always. <laughs> Thank you. You can read more about Energy Supercomputer and the GSA Supply Chain Pilot in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. 
Never trust, always verify is the essence of zero trust. If you want to secure your organization, you need to verify more than just users. You also need to secure devices. Tanium can help you gain clarity and control across all endpoints to secure your perimeter. Visit Tanium.com federal to learn more. The General Services Administration's new Ascend acquisition vehicle will be for agencies to buy cloud computing capability. GSA is responding to agency demand for easier, faster ways to buy the cloud. Noel Rebellis is Cloud Services Program Director at the Labor Department. He says the cloud gives him a speed advantage. I think the biggest driver that we're going to see really from cloud adoption is the fact that we can go from concept to, to market very fast, right? in a much faster manner than we've never been able to do before. Um, the service delivery of which we give that to, to our customers or other agencies or even the public, uh, we tend to reach critical mass much faster uh, to uh, adopting cloud uh, infrastructure. When you took a look at what the challenges were that you had, the problems that you had that the cloud potentially could solve, how did you analyze that uh, thinking about the way that you delivered services to the public and how did the cloud actually help you do that? Sure. So a, a lot of the challenges right now uh, were, were, again, around service delivery, um, security, uh, being able to provide um, uh, infrastructure and scalability, right? A, a lot of the times, you know, technical debt is, is an issue with a lot of federal agencies and being able to recover some of that by moving to the cloud um, being able to scale on demand and grow with the priorities and needs of, of our customers uh, is really where, where the cloud shines for us. How much interaction did you do with the end users inside the labor department to determine which of those pieces that you just described were most important to them? I imagine that changed depending on the application that you were thinking about. Absolutely. Um, A lot of our um, applications that we have, and again, different agencies, different needs, um, some are more timeframe based, some were cost, uh, very cost dependent. Not every agency we have, you know, has the same, obviously, budgetary uh, constraints as as others. Um, So being able to size environments is something that we've never been really able to do on-prem, if you will, or in Mm -hmm. a, a traditional data center. So being able to size that directly for that customer, um, cost management from a uh, upfront IT perspective, and they will know exactly what that looks like, how much that's going to cost, and then of course monthly recurring as well. Uh, being able to project that out gives uh, agencies much more uh, confidence in being able to adopt the cloud and move their workloads to them. What are a couple of the key outcomes that you've had throughout this journey, Noel? What what have you seen? as far as a, a demonstrable difference between where you were a couple of years ago, say, and where you are today? Sure. Um, huge norms, uh, or, or keeping in, in step with industry norms, should I say. Um, moving to containerization, serverless architecture, automation, or platforms as, as a service. Um, we're constantly evolving towards that and being able to, again, service delivery at a much rapid pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting from idea to concept to uh, proof of uh, proof of concept to an actual production uh, workload, um, those times have gone down significantly. Um, one such area is uh, again a financial management, 
being able to know exactly what those costs are from day one and plan out uh, again, you know, from the government side, that is, is very important to, to be able to plan out those FYs. Um, and again, give confidence uh, to those agencies to, to adopt the cloud at a much rapid pace. Were there things that you learned that you didn't expect uh, to happen through the course of your transitions, Noel? Yeah, um, some of the challenges we faced really were around the, the adoption of the technology. Um, I, I think the, um, the it's, a, it's a bit of a culture change. You know, we do things slightly differently when you move to the cloud. Um, and sometimes that could be uncomfortable. So it, it does force a shift away from that kind of legacy thinking. Um, but the way we kind of overcome that is uh, helping these agencies understand by you know, educating them with our cloud strategy, uh, educating them about the different services and how they interact, uh, kind of demystifying the cloud, if you will, and really getting them down to the nitty gritty of what their requirements are and abstract away kind of the other portions uh, that they may have had to worry about in a more traditional uh, data center infrastructure type of setup. Everybody pretty much describes cloud as a journey. It's not a destination. What does your journey look like moving forward? What are some of the key applications or, or processes that you want to move to the cloud at the labor department uh, in the future? So future plans um, is maximize efficiency. I, th I think where the cloud can help, it can also hurt um, in the sense of if you're not efficient with what you're currently working with, um, you can definitely take on more technical debt if, if you're not really careful. So the, some of the steps that you have to look to do um, is maximize efficiency with what you currently have before having to scale or grow. So uh, our future plans are to, to continue maximizing that efficiency from not only the personnel that we have, but the current footprint we have and, and the technologies. But as we adopt even further into these uh, cloud services, again, being able to kind of re-architect some of the you know, uh, current workloads that we have and, and make them more efficient. Um, and of course, we're always looking to automate more and more. Uh, machine learning and AI have become um, almost a staple here at DOL uh, through robotic uh, processing. Uh, machine learning, like I said, and AI really help us jump into the uh, nooks and crannies, if you will, of the environment without having to necessarily have a, a, you know personnel there looking at that. Noel Rebellis, the Cloud Services Program Director at the Labor Department. You can find a link to watch the entire video of that conversation in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney helps me put this show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast is back tomorrow afternoon with a deep dive on the electronic health record system at the Department of Veterans Affairs with the VA Office of Inspector General. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening. <laughs>